It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines, the Health Secretary warns that relaxing the social gathering cap will take time. The rugby union says almost 70% of the tickets for the Hong Kong Sevens have already been sold. And Britain's Prime Minister reverses a key element of her economic strategy and sacks her finance minister. Health Secretary Lo Chong Mao has told LegCo meeting that relaxing the social gathering cap from 4 to 12 will take time because it requires amending legislation. The government announced further easing of COVID curbs yesterday, bringing live performances back to restaurants and bars next week. It said it was also considering easing the social gathering cap. But the health chief said this morning that social gathering restrictions were different from other distancing curbs. We have to consider the restrictions of 599G and we have to amend the legislations in order to relax the relevant measures, unlike how we do every two weeks when we relax other measures. So we have to stick to the relevant procedures to amend the legislation. Dr. Lowe also told lawmakers that the pandemic isn't over yet because there had been a surge in recent cases along with the discovery of new subvariants. But roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen said he was unconvinced about the threat from the new subvariants. I look at the numbers. I think India and Singapore had these variants starting as early as July. And naturally, their severe cases hospitalization is dropping as well, just like Hong Kong. So that point cannot stand. I have not heard any experts in Hong Kong producing evidence supporting these variants leading to a surge in severe cases anywhere in the world. Health officials have detected Hong Kong's first cases of new COVID subvariants BA.4.6 and BQ.1.1, with one case of each being imported. The city logged 5,106 new coronavirus infections, including 336 imported cases. Almost 70% of tickets for the Hong Kong Sevens are sold with the event due to return in three weeks for the first time since 2019 when the event sold out completely. The Hong Kong Rugby Union's chief executive, Robbie McRobbie, said around 23,000 tickets have been sold. He said it was hard to compare this year's sales with previous years because it was clear that mainly local fun- fans would watch the tournament this time around. Normally, the Hong Kong Sevens, 50% of the spectators are from overseas. So realistically, we are not going to see a lot of overseas spectators in November. So far, we're pretty happy with the response from the local market. And we believe that over the remaining three weeks to the event, we will still sell some more. And we think there's a good chance that we will come close to filling the capacity of 34,000. Turning overseas, Britain's Prime Minister Liz Truss has reversed a further key element of her government's economic strategy in an effort to reassure financial markets. She will no longer scrap a she will no longer scrap a large planned increase in corporation tax. Ms. Truss earlier sacked a fellow economic libertarian and close ally ally Kwasi Kwarteng as Chancellor, replacing him with a centrist Jeremy Hunt. At a news conference, she insisted that she herself would not resign. I'm absolutely determined to see through what I have promised, to deliver a higher growth, more prosperous United Kingdom, to see us through the storm we face. We've already delivered the energy price guarantee, making sure people aren't facing huge bills this winter. But it was right in the face of the issues that we had that I acted decisively to ensure that we have economic stability because that is vitally important to people and businesses 
right across our country. The BBC's Darshini David looked at how the markets reacted to the changes in the government and the U-turn on tax. They don't really mind who is Chancellor. What they really mind about is what these policies are. This is less than half of the £43 billion worth of tax cuts that are still on the table. There's as yet unfunded tax cuts. What else could go? We have got hints from the letter the Prime Minister has written to the outgoing Chancellor that things like the national insurance changes, also that support for energy help, those are going to stay. And a quick look at the weather. It'll be mainly fine, dry during the day, with temperatures ranging between about 25 degrees and 31 degrees. And the outlook, it'll be windy in the first half of next week. Sunny periods on Sunday and Monday, cooler on Tuesday and Wednesday. Currently, it's 26 degrees Celsius. Humidity is 75%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Back locally, the man who launched a legal challenge to the government's attempt to invalidate 20,000 vaccine exemption certificates says he's appealing against a decision to deny him legal aid in the case. As Joanne Wong reports, his application was rejected on the grounds that he's not directly affected. Kwok Sharkin, who's known as the king of judicial reviews because of his frequent legal challenges, will be back in the high court on Thursday for a full hearing of the vaccine exemption case. Earlier this week, Justice Russell Coleman granted an interim relief order blocking the invalidation of the exemption certificates issued by seven doctors suspected of giving them out without carrying out proper consultations. The judge said the health secretary had no power to overturn them. But the legal aid department had already blocked the application of the former civil servant for public funds for his case on the grounds that he was not directly affected because he's received three COVID shots. Mr. Kwok argues he should get legal aid as the case involves public interest. He told reporters that he'd received such public assistance for an earlier challenge to the indigenous villagers' small house policy, despite not being directly affected by that either. He also revealed that a woman who holds an exemption certificate may join him in the legal battle. But Mr. Kwok said her waiver was not issued by one of the seven doctors whose certificates are earmarked for cancellation. The certificates allow people who are not fully vaccinated to enter premises such as restaurants. Government lawyers argue that their cancellation is justified on public health grounds and say that people affected can visit another doctor, including public doctors, to seek a new exemption certificate. The government intended to invalidate the certificates on Wednesday, but held off after Justice Coleman issued his relief order on Tuesday. Research shows that elderly South Asian people find life in Hong Kong increasingly inconvenient due to language barriers. Metropolitan University interviewed nearly 60 older adults from South Asian backgrounds between May 2021 and July of this year. Most said they could neither speak nor read Cantonese or English and had found that during the pandemic, interpreting services had been suspended in public hospitals. Terence Shum, an assistant professor who led the research, said that even though interpreting services have resumed, some interviewees say they don't really trust the interpreters. Some of them expressed that, well, the interpreters didn't translate the language correctly because sometimes maybe they understand a little bit of English or Cantonese or sometimes when they express themselves in the mother language, the interpreters find it difficult to translate the mother language into either Cantonese or English to the medical practitioners in the public hospitals. So they will just go with their children and grandchildren and see medical advice. But some of them will say, well, it's difficult to match the medical appointment with the working schedule of the children or grandchildren. So some of them will just forget about appointment. 
In response to an RTHK inquiry, a hospital authority spokesperson said interpretation services had never been suspended during the pandemic, adding that guidelines are in place to ensure service quality. Data from UBS shows that Hong Kong saw a 4% fall in home prices in the 12 months from the middle of 2021, the biggest decline globally compared to 24 other major cities. But the bank said the SAR remains one of the least affordable cities and prices here are still in bubble territory. The bank's numbers show that it would take a skilled worker around 25 years to be able to buy a 650-square-foot apartment, the longest duration of any city in the study. It added that Toronto carried the highest bubble risk of the cities in the study. Inflation in China has risen at the fastest pace since April 2020, fueled by soaring pork prices and extreme weather damage to crops. Data from the National Bureau of Statistics show the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, climbed 2.8% last month from a year ago, slightly higher than August's 2.5% rise. Alter Swong has the details. The mainland consumers have been largely spared to the impact of a global surge in food and energy costs following Russia's military offensive in Ukraine. Official data shows inflation is still increasing. Food prices rose 8.8% on year in September, up from the 6.1% gain the month before. Pork shot up 36% in price, while vegetables jumped 12.1%. The data comes after large parts of the country suffered weeks of temperatures above 40 degrees. China's hottest summer on record caused a crippling drought in August, which National Bureau of Statistics official Dong Li Tuan said contributed to the surge in vegetable prices. He also said pork farmers had what he described as bullish expectations. He said they are reluctant to sell, leading to a continued price spike for the meat. Underlying inflation, however, remained much more modest. Core inflation, excluding volatile food and energy prices, was running at 0.6% in September, compared with 0.8% the month before. On a month-on-month basis, the CPI grew 0.3% after falling 0.1% in August. The world's second-largest economy barely grew in the second quarter of this year and has struggled to regain traction amid pandemic restrictions, a severe slump in the property market and softening exports. The last inflation peak in April 2020, just months into the COVID outbreak, saw the CPI go up by 3.3% year-on-year. At the time, sales of fresh farm produce fell due to blocked transport and sales channels. Sport now and the Houston Astros have opened a 2-0 lead in their best-of-five Major League Baseball Division Series over the Seattle Mariners thanks to the mighty bat of Jordan Alvarez. After a work walk-off home run to win the opening game, Alvarez cracked a go-ahead two-run homer in the sixth inning of Game 2 to help Houston to a 4-2 victory. The Astros will try for a sweep when the series moves to Seattle on Saturday. Meanwhile, the Los Angeles Dodgers will need to win a game in San Diego if they're to advance. The Padres got a sp- a split in LA and will host the next two games at Petco Park. Our US sports commentator, Ray Jovanovich, is confident the Dodgers can progress. The Dodgers did have baseball's best road record, that is winning in the opposing team's ballpark. They were just incredible. Remember, they won 111 games during the regular season, and they had 22 more wins than the Padres. And the Dodgers have shown during the regular season that they can win easily in the San Diego home stadium. So I expect the Dodgers to get back on track here. I wouldn't be surprised if they take both games, three and four, in San Diego. 
Game three between the Dodgers and the Padres is one of three games set for tomorrow morning, Hong Kong time. The Philadelphia Phillies also host the Atlanta Braves with that series tied at one. The Yankees will be looking to extend their one nothing lead when they play game two against the Cleveland Guardians. On the gridiron, Washington running back Brian Robinson capped a memorable first week as an NFL starter with his first touchdown as the Commanders edged past the Chicago Bears 12-7. The 23-year-old scored midway through the fourth quarter after Chicago's Velas Jones handed Washington prime field position by mishandling a punt. Robinson's achievement was all the more remarkable given that he'd suffered gunshot wounds to his knee and glute in a carjacking incident in August. He says he's grateful to be playing. I'm just thanking God, you know, for another opportunity, you know, to, to be on the football field and, uh, you know, blessed to have, you know, scored my first career touchdown. You know, that felt great, you know, just, you know, for this, for the, and under the, the lights, the atmosphere, you know, it was a great, great atmosphere, great, great moment, you know, you know, I'm so thankful, really. To the Premier League and for some of the big matches to look forward to this weekend, here's the BBC's John Bennett. Games between Liverpool and Manchester City have often been the highlight of recent Premier League seasons after their many title race battles. So few would have predicted that going into this fixture in the early part of the campaign, Liverpool would be 13 points behind City in the table. It's been a tough couple of months for Liverpool as they struggle to find their old rhythm, but a resounding 7-1 win over Rangers in the Champions League in midweek will give them some much-needed confidence, especially for Mohamed Salah after his six-minute hat-trick. But Erling Haaland was rested by City for their Champions League nil-nil draw at FC Copenhagen, so he'll be looking to continue his remarkable scoring run. He's found the net in his last ten club games. Elsewhere, Premier League leaders Arsenal take on Leeds United, who have failed to win any of their last five matches. New Chelsea boss Graham Potter is looking for his fifth win in a row when the London side face underperforming Aston Villa away from home. Bottom of the table, Leicester City will be looking to bounce back from a dispiriting 2-1 defeat at Bournemouth when they host Crystal Palace and two strugglers meet when Nottingham Forest travel to Wolves. An investigation into the football stadium stampede in Indonesia that killed 132 people has echoed public calls for echoes for executives of the country's football association to resign. State investigators said the heads of the association, known as the PSSI, could not be forced to quit, but they shouldered much of the blame. And a quick look at the top stories tonight. The health secretary warns that relaxing the social gathering cap will take time. The rugby union says almost 70% of the tickets for the Hong Kong Sevens have already been sold. And Britain's Prime Minister reverses a key element of her economic strategy and sacks her finance minister. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling it's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time And a very good evening to you If you've just finished your day's toil and you've just got home You want to chill out and relax for 45 minutes You've come to the right place Non-stop music all the way through to midnight, featuring some great songs from the good old days. And the first one for you tonight 
is a cracking old track from Lou Prager. Little 
so she said 